Masechet Besad Daf Yod. We're going to be covering three different Mishnayot today. And the first one we began already yesterday, and we're trying to figure out who is more lenient when it comes to preparations for Yom Tov and and being being able to do things for Simcha or of Yom Tov. Uh, we saw in the very first Mishnah of the Masechet that Bet Shammai was more lenient regarding covering of the blood um, if you do Shechita on a bird um, on Yom Tov. However, we there are five cases, five other cases where Betilel is the one that is more lenient. And so we're wondering how come in this first Mishnah about slaughtering the bird and covering the blood, Bet Shammai is lenient in all these cases, it's Betilel. And so we already saw two of the cases and then in which uh, every time we say, well, maybe you should switch around the opinions, probably of the of this case of the covering of the blood, and then we make a distinction, says that, and we say no, you don't have to switch around the opinions. It's possible to reconcile Bet Shammai's lenient opinion here with his stringent opinion here, and it's also possible to rec- to reconcile Bet Hillel's stringent opinion here and his lenient opinion here. So that's what we're going to do uh, three more times. Uh, for cases number three, regarding a pestle board, regarding handling a hide, and also about removing shutters. So each of these cases is interesting in and of themselves about various things that one may do on Yom Tov to prepare to have food or um, for other needs. Um, so here we go. We know we have to have a question because we have an answer. The answer is the same as what Rabbi Yochanan says every time, switch around the opinions. Our question is, what, what was he answering? So let's try out this question and see if the answer fits. <clears throat> uh, so this is a case of taking a pestle. This is not usually when you think of a mortar and pestle, it's like a little stick in a, in a tiny bowl to crush spices. This we're talking about a big one, uh, some kind of board that you would use to crush things. But that board is also, so you're not allowed to do that on Yom Tov, but this board is also so big that you can use it as a cutting board. And that's the question, can you cut meat on the board? Uh, Bet Shammai says, no, you may not. We consider it mukseh. And Bet Hillel says, it's okay because you're using it for a permitted purpose and therefore it's okay. So now regarding that, Alma Sibgabesimhat Yom Tov, so we see that when it comes to enjoying Yom Tov, preparing food on Yom Tov, Bet Shammai, in this case, is the one that's stringent, and Bet Hillel is lenient. And here's the question. When it comes to slaughtering an animal and having to cover the blood, if you didn't have dirt prepared, Bet Shammai is the one that's lenient, and Bet Hillel is stringent. So what are we going to do with this contradiction? We'll switch around the opinion, even though the Mishnah mentioned, or the opening Mishnah mentioned Bet Shammai being lenient, maybe it's really Bet Hillel is the one that is lenient. Okay, so that's a potential answer. But you know what we say? It's not necessary to go and switch around an opinion. We'd rather not do that. We have a tradition that was said that this is what Bet Shammai says. So, and we don't have to switch around the opinion. We already established that, that opening Mishnah, when Bet Shammai says, yes, you can dig a hole and dig, uh, um, get dirt. That was only, that permission was only when the shovel was already stuck in the ground. So it was already basically prepared and you're not doing a full uh, action or full malacha. So that's why Bet Shammai was lenient. But regarding other cases, 
like in this case about using this pestle board, he would say no. So he's actually consistent. It's not really about Timchat Yom Tov or not. Each case you judge on its own. And on the other hand, we have to answer both. This inameh is not really an alternate answer. You actually need to have to reconcile both Bet Shemai and Betilel. And Betilel is also reconcilable because over here he's lenient in the pestle board because it is a vessel and you're using it for a permitted purpose. Just like on Shabbat, you can take a hammer, you can't bang in nails and fix things, but you can use it to crack open a walnut. So, so too, right? This is permitted. It's a vessel that I'm using for, for something permitted. And that's much easier to be lenient about than the shovel where I'm going to be digging and, and potentially crushing the earth uh, to make it soft. So that involves a lot more and many more melachot and, and effort. And that's why Betilel is stringent there. Once again, it's not about Simcha of Yom Tov or not. Every case we judge on its own. So that's the third attempt. Now, fourth attempt. Um, if you do shechita, I'll say on a cow, which is permitted on Yom Tov, and then you have the skin. Normally, the skin you'd um, you'd uh, treat uh, from with a tanner, and one of the steps, the first step, is to you put it on the floor where lots of people walk. That way, everybody will step on it and uh, and get it to be uh, and get it and, and harden it. Um, so one is not allowed to do that on Yom Tov, that first step of putting a hide on the floor where people are going to walk on it, because that's part of the tanning process. So the uh, first opinion, which is Bet Shammai, says you're not even allowed to move it, handle it, unless it has a kezait of meat on it. If it has meat on it, well, the meat you're allowed to handle because you're allowed to cook, eat the meat, do whatever you want. But if it has no meat on it, the skin by itself is mukseh, has no use. So therefore, don't you don't don't use it. But Betilel says it's permitted, um, uh, so you can do that. So here we have a case that again is the opposite. Alma gabesim hatyom tov, bet shemay lechumra o betilel lekula. So in this case, bet shemay is the one that's stringent regarding preparations for yom tov. Betilel is lenient. And we ask the same, we keep going back to the same case of slaughtering the bird, covering its blood, where Betilel is machmir. So what are we going to do with this contradiction? Once again, we can switch around, and according to Tosafot, we're switching around the covering the blood case. Um, okay, so we that is a possible answer, but once again, if we have a better answer, we'd prefer it. So mimai dilmalahi ad kan lakam rebet shamai hatam elahekhadika ker deker nauts avalekhad deleka deker nauts la. So once again, but shamai maybe they're only lenient because it was already stuck in the ground that shovel. So then there's no problem. But here he would have a problem because um, there's there's uh, you're, you're preparing the the uh, the skin. The skin has no use. It's mukseh. So he'd be be more machmir. Iname ad kan lakam rebeti delacha ela dechazel migzar alde. And on the other hand, Betilel also can be reconciled because here the skin does have use. The skin is suitable for lying on it, right? You can lie down on it and take a nap. And so therefore you, you're, you are allowed to handle it and it shouldn't be a problem of mukseh. So this one is easy to permit, whereas the case of uh, digging uh, dirt is much more difficult to permit. Okay, so that resolves that one. And now we're at the, um, um, is this the last one? Yeah, and now we're at the last case. 
And the last case is going to have a twist at the end. These are all Mishnayot that we're going to that are going to come up uh, soon in this Masechet. So it's good we get a preview of them now. And here we see that Bet Shemai says you're not allowed to remove the shutters of your store. You think of uh, you know think of the shuk in the in in the old city, um, and you know there's all these stores and they have they have these uh, shutters. So in those days they would have these uh, smaller shutters that you would remove from the um, the openings of the stores, and then you would turn them on their side and you'd put the uh, uh, wares that a person is selling on the shutters. Um, so in this case. Uh, Bet Shemai says, you're not allowed to open your store on Yom Tov. Not because it's a problem of opening the store. So this is really fascinating, just a total side point that they, it seems like the custom back then was people would open their stores on Yom Tov. Now, obviously, they wouldn't be buying and selling with money, but they would do, you know, like the Amazon stores, yeah, you can just walk in and then take something and walk out and the sensors that are uh, recording it and they charge you uh, afterwards. So this would be kind of like a neighborhood shop where everybody knows each other. And uh, uh, since you have Yom Tov and people want to get you know, milk or eggs or whatever they need, so people would open their uh, shops and then allow other people to come in and without setting a price or discussing money or exchanging any money, they would just remember, okay, you took, uh, you took a dozen eggs and then later after the holiday, um, they would settle the accounts. So it's really interesting that this was part of the holiday that they would um, go and be able to um, take exchange merchandise. Okay, so the problem is not is not opening the store. The problem is that when it's shuttered up and you remove the shutters, you are demolishing. And if you put them back, then you're building. So therefore, Bet Shammai says you're not allowed to do that. And Bet Hillel says, Matirin, not only can you take off the, um, the, um, the, the shutters, you can even put, that back, put them back on because um, if you don't allow the person to put them back on, he's not going to want to leave his store unprotected and then he's not going to open it in the first place and people won't be able to get some of the things that they need. <clears throat> okay, so... So same problem here regarding preparations for Yom Tov. Bet um, Shammai, in this case, is stringent, and this goes against our opening Mishnah when you uh, do Shechita and get knee dirt. Bet Shammai is more lenient. So what are we going to do with this contradiction? Bet Shammai la Kashya hatam and so we say, um, is no problem because over there, in the case of digging, it's already in the ground, so he's really not doing anything. But here he is, in fact, building and demolishing. So Betchamai is consistent, but Betilel is really inconsistent. And right now, we don't have a way of reconciling it. And so we answer, Amar Biochanan, Muchlefet Hashita. Biochanan says, you know what? Switch them around. And really, Betilel is the one that says it's permitted to cover the blood um, with, uh, with the dirt, and the Betilel is the one that is stringent about it. Now, we have an extra paragraph here, but I want to show you something, which is that in most manuscripts, actually all manuscripts, that, that this is the end of it. Um, here you go. You have, um, here's the Vilna Shas and the Venice edition. That's the early, that's the first printing. Um, it says, hashita, and it continues, iname. the Sensino printing also has a little bit, iname. but all the manuscripts a- end with, hashita, period. This one also, this is just out of place. 
That's it. This is the end of the sugya. Nothing else is after that. So let's read it that way first, and then we'll see what happened in the printed edition. So in the in the manuscript version, which is the correct version, um, we have four questions. Each one we answer, but the final one we say we can reconcile Bet Shammai, but we can't reconcile Bet Hillel, and therefore we have to switch the opinion of Bet Hillel. Once we do that. At the end, then you know what? Actually, we could use this for all of the previous four challenges because once you switched it, then actually Betilel is always more lenient in every single case, and there's no problem for Betshamai or for Betilel. We don't even need any of the previous answers, and that's how it ends. Okay, but someone somewhere along the line said, "Wait, maybe I can answer this one too." But but you can see that this one's different because in all the other ones, Rabbi Yochanan's answer Mukhlavatashita comes first. And then they answer Bet Shammai. But here the Bet Shammai answer comes first. And then Rabbi Yochanan says, Mukhlevita So even in the printed edition, you see that the last one is different from all the others. Okay, so in the printed edition, we do give an answer. So maybe Bet over here is the one that um, that's, uh, uh, gives permission because he has a general opinion that when it comes to vessels, and this, these, this, these shutters can be used as vessels because you could put stuff on them as like a tray. Um, and so a vessel, there's no building and uh, dismantling when it comes to vessels. Like if you take cups and you want to you know, stack them up, that's okay. Um, but there, in the other case of the blood, then there's, there's, there involves many other problems which he can't get around. So that's the printed edition that has, it has the answer. Um, but <clears throat> we can ignore that and stick with the Biochanan. Um, David pointed out yesterday that this statement of Rabbi Yochanan, we had a few dapim ago, and they did a quick search. And this statement, these, these two words, appear um, about 19 times in the Talmud Bavli, almost all of them in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, in different cases. And what you see is, so Rabbi Yochanan, did he say it in every single case? You see over here in this, in this example that we, we say, did he say in here? And we say no. In other words, we don't really know where exactly what he said at first, what was the original context? And so we try it out. So I think most likely, historically, Rabbi Yochanan said it about a case, whatever it was, and we can try to figure out what was the original case. Um, uh, here, here it is, It is. we do conclude is, it is about this case and not any of the first four. And then what the Talmud does is, once Rabbi Yochanan says that, gives this methodology and says, sometimes, you know, they, they, the opinions were switched maybe for good reason, maybe you switched them on purpose in order to, to declare the halakha. But now that you know this methodology, we can use the methodology in other cases as well. So most likely Rabbi Yochanan said it in one place, and then the Talmud applies it. And then in other places, just like here, you see in this exercise, and in each case we say, well, do you have to say that? Maybe you can give a different answer. Okay, so this is, um, that was uh, interesting and also important in, in terms of methodology. Now we go to the next topic, which is designating um, baby doves, uh, where Bet Shammai only requires handling the first brood. Uh, we're going to say he limits it. And then we ask question, how come Bet Hillel doesn't use retroactive designation? Anytime we have retroactive designation, you know it's going to be an interesting sugya. So let's see. Bet Shammai omerim lo yitol elayim keni nea mi be'od yom. Bet Hillel omerim omed ve'omer ze ve'ze ani notel. Good, we already had a foreshadow of this case in the previous staff. And the case is as follows. I know I want to eat a, a dove on the holiday. 
but doves are mukseh. Unlike chickens and geese, chickens and geese, they, they run around on, on, on my farm and they're all prepared. Unless it's a chicken for laying an egg, then it's not. But otherwise, I have in mind that the chickens for eating, I'm probably going to eat. I, I may eat, and therefore they're not mukseh. I don't have to designate chickens. But when it comes to doves, they live in these perches uh, up high. Here's a picture of a dove coat. This one is actually in Israel. And so you see that the doves would live in these little sections. They also had um, ledges that they would uh, land on. <clears throat> We're going to see that's important in a minute. And so um, dove coats, because they are more wild and person that generally doesn't have them in mind, he raises doves so that they'll make more children. And so um, therefore doves do require designation. We're talking about baby doves that don't know how, don't know how to fly because if they can fly, then you won't, wouldn't be able to catch them because you can't hunt and catch animals on Yom Tov. So therefore, we're talking about baby doves that uh, are up high there and um, or wherever they are, it doesn't matter. And therefore, they need designation. You have to say, I'm going to eat this one and that one in order for it not to be mukseh before Yom Tov. So now this designation, Bet Shammai is more stringent and he says, you have to actually go and go ahead, take the dove and, and shake it and say, I'm going to eat this one tomorrow. And then it's designated. Betilel says, no, you don't have to do that. You just have to peek in and say, oh, that one looks good. And that one looks good. I'm going to take those. And that's sufficient. Okay, so that's Machloket. Let's see what they're talking about. So um, doves apparently have many broods. They um, pr- probably about every month they have a couple of children. And so the first one at the beginning of the year, Nisan, so that the, this whole machloket is only regarding the first one. And there Bet Shammai says, you have to pick it up physically and move it. You know why? Because usually most people leave the first brood uh, uh, as is. They want to, you know, let the, let the mother have children there and they want to see, are they going to grow up to be healthy or not to decide about the next one? So since most people leave the first one and don't need them, don't need them. So then we worry that maybe um, this, the farmer is going to go and he's going to, um, he's going to take them on Yom Tov and he's going to say, you know what, I'm going to leave them. And then that turns out he violated Mukseh because, and because he touched them, but he didn't end up eating them. So therefore he violated for no reason. So that, that means he violated. And because most people do that, so therefore Bet Shammai are stringent and they say, if you're going to eat the first brood, which is unusual, you better be really sure and go do something beforehand and shake it. If you do that, okay, then we know you'll go ahead uh, with it. Because um, once you shake it, then you, you'll think about it more. Um, but from the second brood and on, since people are more likely to actually take those and eat them, so even Bet Shammai doesn't require that you shake it. It's enough just to designate it. And Bet Hillel says, no, we don't have to worry about that. Right. And the second on on, everyone agrees. You could just point and say, I'm going to take those. All right, good. Now, question on Bet Hillel. Why do you have to go and look in and designate this dove and that dove? Why can't I just say, um, I'm going to take from this dove coat in general, or I'm going to take from some, some of them from here. Uh, and I don't have to say exactly which ones. Why is that not sufficient? Now, you'll say, um, So now by doing that, you have to use retroactive, retroactive designation. It would work like this. I'll, I'm going to say, I'm going to eat some doves tomorrow from around here. 
tomorrow when I pick A and B, then retroactively, those will be designated as the ones I want and not mukseh. And um, so, so therefore it should work the more general designation. Now, if you say maybe Betilel doesn't have retroactive designation, well, that's not true because here's a following case where um, we do have retroactive designation. So the case is from Masechet Aholot, and it goes like this. Hamet babayit if there's a deceased body, if a, de- a dead body in a house causes tumat, tumat ohel, and not only is it in that room where it is, but it even will spread down the hallways to any entrance of the house. Um, it'll go down the hallway and it'll even go, if the door's open, it'll go out there. If the door's closed, it'll even make tameh, the covering right outside the door. If there's more than one entrance to the house, all of them will become tameh. That's, that's the, the first rule. Now, however, if one of the doors was open, then we assume that the body will be end up carrying, being, carrying out, being carried out through that door. And therefore, only that doorway is tameh, and all the other, the other doorways of the house are tahor, because they're just like walls, they're not going out there. So the outside of the doorway is permitted. Third case, even if you just thought about, I think, I said, I think I'm going to take the body out of this door or out of this certain window, as long as it's at least four by four tefachim, so a person could fit, then that saves all the other openings. In other words, um, it looks like the person died in a house and then, right, immediately all the entrances are tameh, but if I think and say, you know what, I think we're going to go out that way, then all the other ones retroactively become tahor, and only that one is tameh. So that is all betilel. Betshamay says that thinking, you can use thinking, but that's only before the person dies. The person's on his deathbed, he's about to die. So we're preparing before. Listen, when he dies, we're going to take him out of uh, the front entrance. If you do that, then the back entrance is okay. But only if you thought about it before. That's Bet Shemai. Bet says, even after he dies, you think about it, it's still okay. In other words, that at the time he died, I don't know which one he's going to use. This is kind of like a, a, a quantum theory, right? You don't know which way the, the particle is going to, is going to spin. Um, however, once you observe it, once you think about it and say, you know what, we're going to take him out the front door, then retroactively that tum'ah gets removed from the, all the other doors, the outside part of the doors, and therefore, uh, assuming they're covered with an awning, and therefore you see that Betilel does have a law of retroactive designation, and therefore the question is, how come he can't use retroactive des- designation regarding the dovecote also, and just say, I'm going to take from this dovecote without having to designate partic- exactly which dove he's going to use. That's the question. Now, answer is, uh, Rabba says, no, there's no retroactive designation. When Betilel says um, it, it, it permits, uh, even after the person dies, um, I can designate, that only helps for something that was in that doorway after I made the designation. Um, in other words, the person dies, and then all, all of them are tameh, and let's say, right, there's some, uh, um, you know, there's a, a ball 
under one of the uh, one, under one of them. So that'll become tameh. Now that ball moves away, and then uh, something else comes. Some uh, a bicycle goes under that um, <clears throat> under that doorway. Um, but first, I, I designated. I said I'm going to use the front doorway. After designation, then a bicycle went into the back doorway. Then it's permitted. So in other words, it only happens from the time of designation and on. That's when it's permitted. And so so only from the time of designation on and not retroactively. So you see, according to this, Betilel does not have retroactive designation. And therefore, he has to, in the case of dove code also, he has to designate precisely, I want this dove and that dove. So that would be one answer. However, Rava says, no, maybe this one in a halot can also be done retroactively. So there is retroactive designation. And the problem in the case of the dove code is that if I don't designate, I want A and B, you know what's going to end up happening? The guy's going to go up the ladder and he's going to take one. Now I think I'll take this. And then after he feels it, he's going to say, no, this one is a little too thin. I changed my mind. I'm going to use that one. And he puts it down. Then he changed mind, uses another one. And the problem with that is that once you handle it, you basically have to use it because it's only not muksab because I'm going to slaughter it and eat it. But if I handle it and then put it down and don't eat it, then I violated mukse. And so that is the problem. Baba says, um, he, Betilel in general says you can do things retroactively, but in this case, you're going to keep changing your mind and then that's going to cause a problem. Next. Uh, so now question, uh, uh, question on Rava's logic here. So you can say, I want this one and that one. Now, Bet Shemai just said, it doesn't say you have to actually touch them before, before Yom Tov. So then you still might have the same problem that before Yom Tov, I look at that one. I say, that one looks nice and plump. I'll use that one. But then when it comes to Yom Tov, actually, I'll pick one up and then I'll change my mind and then I'll end up violating Muksa in any case. So why not say I have to go pick them up? Yom Tov. So our answer to that is that once before Yom Tov, you point to it and designate it, then you made up your mind and you're going to use that no matter what. Um, but if we allow the person to wait until Yom Tov itself and then say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this one or that one, then he's going to end up uh, deciding on Yom Tov and he's going to go find, take it, and he's going to find that this one he thought was fat was really skinny or the one that's skinny is really fat. Um, and then he's not going to want to take it and he's not going to, he's going to take a different one. Or he'll find that they're all thin. And he's going to leave them all. And then he's not going to have simcha of Yom Tov because he's not going to have any chicken at all. So the point is like this, that according to Betilel, you do have to designate it beforehand. You don't have to pick it up, but you do have to at least point to it. Once you point to it, you made up your mind. And that way, when a person does that, then usually, even if on Yom Tov, they go up there and they say, oh, this one's a little skinny. But they'll say, I already pointed to it. I already designated it. So I'm going to take it and going to go through with my plan as is. So that, that's why you have to go and point to it beforehand um, and can't just decide on the spot, even though he does think you can use retroactive designation. 
Um, so that, that's the, that's the problem isn't the retroactive part. The problem is that you're going to end up picking it up and changing your mind, and then you'll end up violating Muxeh, and that explains why you have to pick it up and uh, why, why you have to point to it before the holiday. All right, and now we get to the last Mishnah for the day, <clears throat> which is um, sometimes this, this is going to be like a, a fun, a f- fun games. Sometimes there are new guests in the dovecote. Before Yom Tov, you go in there and you designate them. The next day, you find, you find that things are different. We're going to be talking about a case where you designate black ones and then now they're white ones, or a certain number. You designate two and now there's three, or three and now there's two. And we're going to compare that to a case of ma'asesheni money, uh, money that you left aside to go and buy fruit in Jerusalem. You left aside a certain amount of money, but then you come back when it comes time for the holiday and you find a different amount of money. Is that the same money or did someone change it? Uh, so that's the question. Basically, like, you know, let's say you have three meatballs on a plate and then, you know, you go and get something and you come back and then there's two meatballs there. So is that your plate? But someone took a meatball, so then you'll eat the rest. Or is this someone else's plate and you don't want to eat from someone else's plate, right? So does a change in uh, what you find mean that these are different things altogether? Okay, so let's see the different cases. Zimen. Shecharim um, Levanim. Before Yom Tov, I went up and, and I went up the ladder and I said, "Oh, there's these some black doves. I'm going to eat these these guys." But then the next day on Yom Tov, I go up there and I see that there are white ones there. So or Levanim Umasa Shecharim, or the other way around, Shenaim Umasa Shelosha Asurim. Or I went up and designated two. The next day I come and I see there's three there. In all these cases, they are prohibited because I have to assume that they are different ones, right? If they're different color, obviously they're different ones. And also if there's two and now there's three, then at least one of them is new as a new guest and maybe all of them, maybe two left and three more came and therefore they are not designated. They're not designated, they're mukse. I can't eat them. However, if before Yom Tov, I went up and I said, I'm gonna eat these three. On Yom Tov I go up and I find only two are there. That's permitted because one escaped, but the other two are there. So though we, I can assume that those two are the same and not that three left and two new ones came. If I designated them inside the nest um, and then I find them in front, it's, it's, it's not allowed because maybe these are different ones. But if there's no one else around, only these two, uh, only these two birds, then it's permitted. Good. Now, a question on the first case. Pishita, isn't this obvious? If I designated black ones and now they're white, that these are different, right? You, you don't need a PhD uh, in, uh, uh, in, in bird watching to figure this out. So this seems to be an obvious case, but Abba uh, offers a more complex, subtle case in which you would really have to know this law. And Mishnah is coming to teach us that, let's say it's a case where I had both black and white ones, and uh, they, the black ones are here. I, I'm going to eat those two black ones, and I'm going to eat the two white ones on the right side. And then the next day I come and I found the black ones are on the right side and the, le- and the white ones are on the left side. And so they're in different places. So I might've thought they must be the same birds, but then they switched places. This one went into that dovecote and that one went into that dovecote, but they're probably the same. Therefore the Mishnah comes to teach us that even in this case, no, you can't assume that. 
if they're in different places, then maybe all of those birds left, went away somewhere else, and these are all new birds, because a change in place indicates some change, and maybe there's a change in the actual birds, and these are new ones that are mukseh. Good. Now, if you're assuming that these are not the same ones, but rather ones that came from outside, then you might help us resolve another question, which applies in many cases, which is that when you have um, a doubt and you can resolve the doubt based on a majority or based on, based on proximity, you should follow the majority. The classic case of this is if I find a piece of meat on a street and the street has uh, nine kosher butchers and one non-kosher butcher, but the piece of meat is next to the non-kosher butcher. It's closest to it. So if I go by proximity, it's closest to the non, non-kosher one, probably it's non-kosher. But if I go follow the majority, nine kosher butchers, that's the majority, I can assume it goes to that one. So that's the dilemma. And Rabbi Hanina says, you follow the majority. So how can it apply to this case? Well, in this case, um, what's, what's, what's the most proximate answer? It, well, the, they're right next to each other. So the most proximate, the cutoff would be that the black and white ones switch places, they're right near each other. But if I follow the majority, the majority of birds all over the place are not the ones I designated. So therefore, following the majority, you have to assume that the birds came from somewhere else and these are new ones. And since we Rabbah just taught that they come, we have to assume that maybe they came from elsewhere, that when a case of that like this, we follow the majority. Good. So that's the question. And then we answer, it says, no, not necessarily. Here we're talking about a ledge. Dovecoats generally have these ledges so that they can land on um, and, so, and, uh, and take off on. So we're talking about a case where it has a ledge. And so since uh, there are many doves that are often found there, they come and visit each other, right? They land on the ledge and they go and they leave. So you know what? Even in terms of proximity, um, that uh, many birds come and are proximate because they uh, rest on the ledge and then they go. So it's easy for things to be switched. And so you can't necessarily adjudicate from this case, whether in other cases you follow the majority or the proximity. Good. And now the next one is an easy case. You, you designated two, the next day there are three. And the, the logic is simple. For if they are totally different, three new ones, then they're three new ones. They're all, all, all prohibited. And even if they're not new ones, so the two that are two of them that are there are the same two I designated yesterday, but now there's three. So at least one of them is new. And so therefore I have to prohibit all of them. Why don't you say batel bedov? Because two of them were there and only one's new. Well, remember we said you don't say batel bedov. It's if it's um Davashieshlo Matirin, just wait till tomorrow and then you can eat them. So that's um one reason why you wouldn't uh, say batel. All right, and now we get to the last case, which is the most, uh, more complex. Three, I designated three, and I come back, and there's only two. So now, uh, and we said in this case, um, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's permitted, right? What Mishnah is saying. Um, it's, this case is permitted. I assume that one left, and it's not an entire, uh, entire, entirely new group. Question is, my tama. Because we assume that they're all the same, one of them left, but the other two that were left behind are the same ones, and therefore I can take them and eat them. 
Excellent. Now, Lema Matnitin, Rebihi, Velora Banan. Who is the author of this Mishnah that permits such a case? It seems that would be the B, that's the Biudanasi, and that Rabbanan. And that would be a problem because although the Biudanasi is the compiler of the Mishnah, nevertheless, it's not always his own opinion. The B also has to follow the majority. And if we follow, if we find that the majority of the sages hold something different, then it would be strange for the Mishnah to follow the minority opinion, even if that is in fact the Biudanasi. So we're going to compare this case to another machloket, the Tanya. So here's what happens. I have my sesheni. I have I live far away from Jerusalem, and now I have a harvest, and so I don't have to carry, I don't want to carry all this fruit to Jerusalem. So I redeem it for money. Now, this money, I'm gonna I have to take it and, and buy fruit in Jerusalem with it when I go. Then next time I go, but that might not, might, might not be for several months. So I take the money and I hide it away in a special spot. So let's say I took a hundred dollars uh, uh, and I put them, dinar in this case, I took a hundred and I put it in a special drawer. This is going to be Maser Shini. When I'm ready to go on my trip, I go open the drawer and I find, or purse rather, and I find 200. So what's the status of the 200? Rabbi says, it's a hundred of it is chulin, a hundred of it is um, is maser sheni. So what would you do in such a case? Simple. You take, you know, you'll say you have two coins, and you'll say if this one is if this one is maser sheni, good. If it's not maser sheni, then let the kiddusha of the other one go on here, be be redeemed to this one, and then I know for sure this is maser sheni, and the other hundred I can go ahead and spend. That's the B. Chachamim say hakol chulin. They say that. If I, if I put 100 there to begin uh, uh, six months ago and I come find 200, then it must be that someone, someone intervened here. Someone moved something. And once they moved it, they probably took whatever 100 was there. And now this is new money. If it's a different amount, I consider it to be entirely new money. And therefore, you know what? I can spend all 200. What happened to that 100? I don't know. Someone mishandled it. Okay, so that's the get there. So the B, over, uh, the B here fits with the Mishnah. Just like the B says, when you find um, when you find a different amount, you assume that whatever is there is the same. So to here, even though I, there was originally three and now there's two, it would be the same. Oh, one second. This is another case. Um, this is a case where I find more money. Here's a case where you find less, which is more equivalent. So they have the same machloket. If I put 200 there, Originally, those 200 are going to be, um, are going to be Maser Sheni. I come back a few months later and there's only 100. So the B says, it must be that that one is also um, um, uh, Maser Sheni. That someone took 100, but he left 100 in its place. So therefore, I have to treat that as Maser Sheni. Hachamim say no. Even though it's less, the fact that there were 200 there, if someone took the money, usually they take all the money that's in the purse. And so if they took it, they took all the money, and then someone else came and put 100 there, but 100 that's there is chulin. So even when there's less, chachamim assume it's a different amount. So this is an equivalent case. So to be in both cases says, when there's three, I find two, it's the same two that were there before, just like when there was $200 and I find 100, that was 100 of the same 200 that I put there. So that fits. Chachamim, however, say, 
If I find less, it's entirely new money. So to here, if I find less uh, less uh, birds, they're entirely new birds. And so you see our Mishnah falls to be and not Chachamim. That's the question. Okay, here's the answer. So regarding this topic, already gave an answer. So we have an answer ready. And the answer is that um, birds are different because they move. Since birds move, since I have three, but they move on their own. So therefore it's more likely that one left the, left the perch and the other two are the same ones that were there. But money doesn't move on its own. And therefore, if I put 200 there and now I find a different amount, even if it's less, I have to assume that someone took all 200 and it's a different 100 because it doesn't move on its own. And that would be an answer. Okay, this is a good, sufficient answer. Uh, the problem is that we can offer another answer. And then why do we need that first one? So let's see. Why do we need to give that answer? Because we have another statement regarding also this topic that there's a, a, a machloket between Yochanan That um, according to one opinion, the um, the machloket between Rabbi and Rabbanan is when the money is in two different purses. Then we're not sure, and there's a hundred in here and a hundred in here, and then I only find one. So then what's the, what's the deal? But if it's in the same purse, everyone would agree that it's permitted because in the same purse, if you put 200 in one purse, then, and someone empties it out, they're going to take all the money. And if they put other, uh, uh, other money in, they're going to put a new hundred in. So therefore everyone agrees in that case. So then that would be really uh, 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 simple that it's too completely new. But the other opinion of these two Amoraim think that, no, the opposite, that the machloket is regarding when it's in one purse, but if it's in two purses, then everyone would agree that um, one of them is what was there before, and one of them is the new one that was removed, because since it's in two, two purses, it's more likely that it stayed. All right, so now, based on that machloket, the one who says that we're dealing with two different uh, purses, and that's when they are arguing. So then I need the answer that we gave uh, up above that birds are different because they walk. And, uh, and therefore, um, the, if it can be according to Rabbanan also, and I have a good answer. But according to the other opinion of these two, that says that um, when it's talking about two different purses, um, everyone agrees that um, I assume that one of them is the one that was there already, and the other one was taken because two different purses. So it makes sense that um, if I take one, it doesn't mean I necessarily took the other. So, so then, why do I need that answer I had before that birds are different? Because after all, in this case, they're, they're equivalent. A case of two different purses is like birds, just like bird, uh, just like birds, they move on their own and they happen to leave. So two purses, they um, would, uh, two different purses, people would access one, but without accessing the other. And therefore, I wouldn't have a question to begin with. So why would I need that answer? 
And the final answer that would answer even according to that opinion is, we're talking about a case where the birds are tied to each other and the wallets also are two wallets, but they're tied to each other. And so that's why I had the question, how come there's a difference between the opinions of uh, Rabbanan and, um, and our case? Because the birds, sometimes they can move around and they'll uh, undo the tie and escape. So that's why I assume that, that it can go down and they're the same one, that the same ones and one escape. But if they're regarding um, wallets, they don't move and they're not going to untie themselves. And so that's why the wallets are, are, he has a different, the Rabbanan would have a different law. And Rabbi, who disagrees, he would have to say that even wallets sometimes too, the knot gets worn out and ends up becoming untied. And so we have to kind of put ourselves in quite a difficult situation in order to resolve it according to all opinions, but maybe it's really not so difficult. Sometimes you do tie pouches together so you don't lose them like, you know, like a keychain. And uh, I guess you'd also sometimes tie birds together because you don't want to lose them and you want to make sure they're all, uh, they're all together. And so um, therefore, sometimes they would tie the birds together. And we're talking about that case. Um, and that way we resolved all the, all, all the opinions. And that's why when we designate three and we found two, uh, we assume that is in fact the same ones and that follows all opinions. Baruch Amen, Amen.